Oof. Good morning. Good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Today's Breakfast in Class is dedicated in loving memory of Mayor's brother, David Cohen. Alava Shalom. Lilu Nishma, David Cohen Ben Rivka, Ve'amram. Sponsored by Gloria and Mayor Cohen. Breakfast in the Class is also sponsored by Mariel and Harry Towell in honor of Joe Azer and Sarah Nardea's wedding. May they build a Bayit Ne'emam Israel and may Hashem bless them with long life, health, and happiness. Breakfast in the class also dedicated in loving memory and Lilu Nishmat Chanavat Masuda and Moshe Alea Shalom for her first Askara, sponsored by her daughter Patricia Chava Kadosh. Hazaku Baruch. Rabotai, there's a beautiful idea that I'd like to share with you today. Something that, um, that I was very, very excited to learn uh, only yesterday. You know, at the end of last week's parasha, we read about the fact that Moshe's face was shining with a otherworldly light. Right? And the face of Moshe, Karan or Panav Moshe. Okay, Pane Moshe. The face of Moshe was shining with light. In fact, the sculptor Michelangelo, when he painted, when he sculpted the, uh, the statue of Moshe Rabenu, he sculpted Moshe Rabenu with horns. Okay, and that perpetuated this myth all throughout history that Jewish people have horns. Where did he get this idea that Jewish people have horns? Karan means to shine, but Karen means a horn. So therefore, when he read the Pasuk and the face of Moshe, Karan or had a, uh, what's it called? He read it incorrectly, had horns of light or horns of maybe mistranslated the word or as well to or with an ayin. But either way, we're not responsible for their mistakes. Um, but we read about the fact that Moshe's face was shining in the end of last week's parasha. And I saw in the Sefer Perion Shalom, he asks an unbelievable question. He said, every time in the Torah, we wonder and we ask, why is it that, the, that um, this parasha, Lama nismecha parasha zu etzel, this parasha etzel this one. Lama nismecha parashat mishpatim etzel har sinai. Lama nismecha parashat sota Etzel Nazir Etzel Sota. Right? Each time it's there to tell you, So we learn a lesson from the fact that the Torah put A right next to B. So he asks a question. He says, Why is it that we were taught this idea of the shining face of Moshe? Why are we taught that idea in such close proximity to the parasha of Vayakel? What does one have to do with the other? The fact that Moshe gathered everyone after they collected the money and charged them with the building of the Mishkan. What are the, what's the connection between those two things? And he says something, my friends, that is unbelievable. Listen, to, let me tell you what he says. He quotes the famous idea that the Gemara says that Moshe's face was shining. Why? Because there was a little bit left when Moshe wrote the Torah, right? He used a kulmus, a feather, right? And dior, an ink. And of course, we're talking about a spiritual idea here. And when Moshe finished writing the Torah, there was a little bit of extra dio ink left in the kumus, in the, uh, uh, in, the, in, the, in the pen. A tiny bit more, a tiny bit extra. God took that extra ink and he put it on Moshe's face and that made Moshe's, Moshe's face shine. Now the Mifashim ask a question. What does it mean that there was a drop of extra ink left in the pen? You know, if you're a human being and you prepare you know, a pen and in writing implements for writing. So, you know, you, you know, you guesstimate how much ink you're going to need. But with God, God doesn't get a special 
on ink in Costco because he might need to write the rest of the books in the Nevi'im and Ketuvim. Right? There's no, there's no extra, there's no mistakes on God's part. So how could there be, how could it be that there was any extra ink left over? So there's two answers to this question, but I'd like to share with you one answer for the sake of today's Devar Torah. And they explain that when the Pasuk, when God was commanding Moshe to write the Torah, He told Moshe to write, V'ha'ish Moshe anav mikol adam adamah. I want you to write in the book, and the man Moshe was more humble than any man that walked the face of the earth. Could you imagine for the person, for an, a true anav, to have to write a sentence like that about yourself? Anytime I have one of these signs that in the synagogue, you know, that says, thank you to Rabbi Fari, I cringe because I feel embarrassed that I'm reading a, so a sign about myself. Could you imagine if it wasn't a sign that was here for one day and is gone the next, that was seen by 10 people and then gets thrown in the garbage? Could you imagine if it was part of the best-selling book ever to hit, uh, you know, the shelves of any store of all time? The Bible is the best-seller that ever, that ever existed. So if you think about Moshe writing those words, how difficult it must have been for him. And our Chachamim say that Moshe, once God told him to write that, he couldn't not write it. But what could Moshe do? He could write the word Anav that God told him to write, but write it Chaser, minimize it a little. Moshe wrote the word Anav. Normally, Anav in Torah would be spelled Ayn, Nun, Yud, Vav. Moshe did not write the Yud. So he wrote Ayn, Nun, Vav, which still spells the word Anav, but it's Chaser. Where do we find a similar chaser of a yud that we have in the same week's parasha? The, the nisi'im is also missing a yud, same week's parasha, where they promised that they would give everything at the end of uh, the collection, but they showed a lack of leadership, and therefore they were minimized by the yud. My friends, so since Moshe wrote the word anav with one letter less than he was supposed to, because of his great humility, there was one drop extra ink left in the pen. Not because God didn't count right, but because Moshe took the initiative, the humility to humble himself, and there was a little bit extra. When God then put that ink on Moshe's face, that made Moshe's face shine. It wasn't just some sort of Kabbalistic shine, but rather the shine of Moshe was the humility that he expressed when given a chance to be uh, aggrandized, Moshe said, I want to minimize it. I want a little bit more quiet. I want to be under the radar. That makes Moshe's face shine, my friends. Humility is something that makes us big. In the words of the Kutzka Rebbe, the Kutzka Rebbe used to say, there is nothing bigger than someone who is willing to make themselves small. My friends, says the Apirion Shalomo, beautiful Dvar Torah, I get it, Rabbi. But what does that have to do with our parasha, with Vayakel? What's the connection between the minimization of Moshe and this part of the Torah? Now listen to this, because it's brilliant. He explains, he says, in order to truly be A'anav, everybody could sketch, could make believe like they're humble. Oh, whatever, you know, whatever, don't, I'm, don't make, I'm not, I'm nothing, I'm, not, I'm a nobody. Anyone could say that, but a lot of times, what they're really doing, what's it called? It's called the humble brag, right? You know, uh, like someone says, you know, I'm very tired today. And you're like, oh, why are you tired? You know, it's, it's hard to stay up all night and learn the Zohar by the light of a candle. 
Whatever, not that that's a big deal. I'm just saying I'm tired. <laughs> no, you're not saying you're tired. You're saying you studied our old Zohar all night by the light of a candle. That's what you're saying. Right? You could have just told me you were tired. I actually didn't ask a follow-up question. I, didn't, I wasn't all that interested uh, in the bags under your eyes. You know, I don't sell face product, okay? My, but listen to this, chaverim. Listen to this, my friends. Right? Moshe could have said he was an anav and it could have been fake. In order to truly experience anivut, a person needs to recognize that there's something within him which is lacking. Something that could be done, however great I am. It doesn't mean, to be humble does not mean to deny your capabilities. A person could know that they are unbelievable. They might even know that they're the best human being that ever walked the face of the planet. But to truly be an anav, there needs to be something that you still strive to achieve that you have not yet achieved. What did Moshe look at where he saw that there was someone who had done something better than him? The Apiryon Chilamo says something unbelievable. He says, Moshe, who had the gift of Nivu'ah, who saw all future generations when he was up in Shamayim, he even saw Rabbi Akiva, who was exp- expressing and explaining the inner meaning behind the letters at the top of each, the tagim, the crowns on top of each letters. So we know Moshe saw all future generations in Nivu'ah. Moshe said, I may be great, I may be a grand leader, but there's someone out there who did it better than me. Who? Shemuel. The Pasuk says that Shemuel, he was a great Navi, but not only was he a great Navi, and it would be, it says in the Pasuk, every year he would do his rounds and travel from city to city in Israel and bring the people, the Bet Din, to their doorstep. Instead of them having to come to Shemuel Haramata, where he was, he would go to Bet El, he would go to Shiloh, he would travel to all the cities to bring the Bet Din to them. Moshe said, however good I am, look at what a leader this guy Shemuel is. I sit here all day and what happens? The people come to me. The people gather to me. But Shemuel, he goes to the people. In fact, the Midrash expresses explicitly that Hashem, it says, and God, Hashem appeared to Shemuel, Esther Midrash, what is it coming to tell you? That God said, Moshe, you gather the Jews to you? Okay, you know what's going to happen if if that's the case? You also, you made them come to you, you're also going to have to come to the Oyel Moed to hear me speak. But Shemuel, you went to them? I'm also, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu to Shemuel, I'm also going to come to you. You're not going to have to come to the Oyel Moed to hear me speak. So you see the Midrash points out this midah that Shemuel had to bring the bet into the people as being something that was treasured, uh, as being something that was special in the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. My friends, you want to know how Moshe's face shone? Moshe's face shone because he was an anav, because he minimized, took out the yud. How did Moshe find it within him to see that he was smaller than than uh, he could be because he recognized that Shemuel went to the people and didn't have the people gathered to him. That's why it's connected to the first word of our parasha, Vayakhel Moshe, and Moshe gathered all the Bnei Israel to whom? To him, to speak, to tell them the laws of the, of the Mishkan. So you see that Yanivut was connected to the gathering, to the Vayakhel, uh, to the gathering of the Jewish people in front of Moshe, as opposed to Moshe going to each and every one of them. My friends, I saw this Devar Torah. 
I couldn't, I was jumping out of my seat. Why? Because it explained something to me that I've been wondering about, that I was bothered by for many, many years. <clears throat> my friends, if you turn a couple pages, you'll get to a parasha called Korah. And in that parasha, Korah wages a war, a rebellion, a mutiny against Moshe Rabbeinu. And the Gemara says, what in the world was Korah thinking? He was such a smart man. He was so clever. He was righteous. He was learned. He was wealthy. What did he see that made him do such a silly thing? And if you look in Rashi, in Pashat Korach, you'll see, brings down the Gemara, that Korach saw, what did he see? Ra'ah, he saw that Shemuel Yotzemimenu, that the Shemuel, the Navi Shemuel is going to come from him. For 43 years of my life, because today is my birthday, if anyone would like to send me any names today, on my birthday, there's a halakha that a person on their birthday, they're allowed to make, to give berachot. We learn that from a pasuk in the Navi. So if anyone has any blessings that they would like me to give today, I'll shoot you a couple of quick, they're not Purim blessings, I'm sorry, um, but I'll shoot you a, a blessing for anything that you need if you uh, private message me on the WhatsApp group or on social media. Bezat Hashem, that the, our prayers, all of our prayers should be answered letovah. So for 43 years of my life, I did not understand, well, 42, because I learned this yesterday, okay? 42 years of my life, I, I did not know what this means. Korach, you want to fight with Moshe, right? Moshe is the biggest Navi ever lived. Now you see that Shemuel comes from you. What the heck does that have to do with anything? So you have a grandkid who's going to be a Navi. What does that have to do with whether or not you or Moshe is more right? But now we understand. Moshe humbled himself in front of whom? Before whom? Before Shemuel. That means that Moshe was saying that who's bigger than him, who caused him to experience this feeling of humility, who humbled Moshe? Shemuel. Korach, he said, if the guy who's bigger than Moshe comes from me, how could it be that I'm wrong in this machloke? You see, I produced something even bigger than Moshe. That's what Shemuel, that's what Korach thought. Okay, and that's why he led his rebellion. And if you wonder if I'm right about this, open up the pasuk, it blew my mind. Go look at the first pasuk of the rebellion. And he gathers all the people. What does it say? And he gathered them. He uses the word that illustrates the difference between Moshe and Shemuel. He gathered them. And at the end of that pasuk, he says, and he gathered all the Jews to Moshe and Aaron. That gathering was a mocking of Moshe. As he said to them, when everyone had gathered, he said, Why do you raise yourself up over everybody else? Look at what you're doing. Which, my friends, makes it even more poignant that in that machloket, what do we learn about Moshe? When they refused to come, Moshe himself went to Datan Aviram. So Moshe's response to them was, you think this is because of my ga'ava? I'm willing to humiliate myself to the worst rebels, to the biggest chutzpah people in the world. Look at me, here I'm coming to Datan Aviram's tent and I'm begging you. This has nothing to do with my own personal ga'ava. But now we understand why Korach thought that that was a sign that actually taught him that he was bigger than. My friends, so what was Korach's mistake? Korach's mistake was that the fact that Moshe had humbled himself in front of Shemuel, that he considered Shemuel bigger than himself, 
Korach saw that as a weakness. And he saw that as something that made Moshe less than. What he did not understand is that the process of Anivut never makes someone less than. It makes someone, paradoxically, more than. And if Moshe willingly saw this about himself and saw as well, recognized something wonderful in Shemuel, there were many things that Moshe had that Shemuel did not have. And yet Moshe was writing Anav without a yud because he saw Shemuel. Moshe could have said, okay, Hazaku Baruchi has that. You know, he has that. But does he have pe'el pe'ad daberbo? Could he speak to God? Be'akitz ve'lo be'chalom? Does he have it at any time that he wants? He could pick up the bat phone and call HaKadosh Baruch Hu like I can. He didn't have any of that. Who was a bigger Anav? Moshe or Shemuel? Moshe was a bigger Anav. So there were many things that Moshe was bigger than. But Moshe chose to look at the one thing that Shemuel had over him as something that would make him humble. What Korach saw as a weakness, as a lower level, was in fact Moshe Rabbeinu's greatest strength. We learn from here the power, the importance of Anivut, and that when a person is willing to be humble, that causes their face to shine in a way where no one can look at them. You know, I think it's Midah Keneged Midah. When a person is humble, how do they walk? They don't walk with their head like this. We know a person who walks with Koma with a straight back, that's considered a sign of Gava. How does a person who's humble walk? Panav Klape Mata. His face is down. Midah Keneged Midah. You humbled yourself and people couldn't see your face, Moshe. I'm going to make you shine so bright that people cannot look in your face even if they wanted to. And Moshe Rabbeinu, in order to speak to people, had to put, like the Pasuk says at the end of last week's parasha, Al Panav Masveh. What a magnificent idea, how beautiful the words of Torah are. So the next time you see yourself in a situation where you feel like you need to big yourself up, Understand that the biggest way to big yourself up is to make yourself a little bit smaller. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen.